0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's
1: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
1: Get
0: it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable.
0: Gang's all here.
1: And finally, also joining us, hashtag full squad, Guy Buttersnaps.
0: Happy Presidents Day, boys.
1: A.K.A. The Heater. How you doing, Mike?
0: Not my president, it's lavender goons.
1: Yeah. Not
2: my president's Day.
1: Hey, if we want, you want to talk about our favorite presidents? I got a I I I got I got President Bartlett. We're going to fictional ones only. President Bartlett, President whatever the hell the guy's name was in Independence Day. Um, that's it. End of list. Who was who Terry? About who is Terry the president
0: Cruz from character's name? Uh, in, uh, that's what yeah, I was going I was for.
1: President <laughs> president, Ke- uh, president Wayne Elizondo. Mountain Dew Camacho. I got most of those guys. Bro. I remember Camacho. <laughs> yeah. I remember Camacho. Uh, so, I mean we already got
3: the stupidity up there, so you might as well get someone that could bulk it up. You know, let's get some
1: intimidation factor. I'm gonna see if I got represent. president. About, go ahead, Mike. How
0: about how about the president from uh, fifth element? Um Debo.
1: Oh, that's true. Oh, here we go. His full name I got I got I wasn't off, guys. Um his full name is Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. I think I just missed Herbert. You're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all you missed. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, a, wasn't he also an adult film ledge film legend in there also?
3: <laughs> Why I, not?
1: What was uh? It's possible. And now I'm just thinking about Futurama. Was it a uh, Barbados Slims, the first man to get Olympic medals in limbo and sex? That was that was not right there. <laughs> Guys, when this podcast is over, you should watch Futurama. Just good life advice. Anyway, um. Let's get into it, folks. This is going to be a podcast this week where you're going to be like, man, I thought this was about MMA. We're really trying, guys, honestly, but these cards are trash. Um, this one coming this Saturday, and I know, hey, man, all 12 of these fights or whatever could all be goddamn barn burners, and it's not the, fa- the fault of the participants when I say this. It's due to the fault of the promotion, because they have done nothing to promote these people. On paper... This is the worst UFC card I have ever seen in my entire life, all right? This is someone who's talking right now who's a Jake Matthews fan and a Karolina Kowalkiewicz fan, but I ain't watching this crap, all right? This is awful, okay? This is a crappy card. The co-main event is a 23-year-old versus a 24-year-old at light heavyweight. Stefan, I'm thrilled that there are UFC fighters in light heavyweight that are that young, but you know what I'm going to pay attention to them? In about two years, all right? That's when they matter. About two years. I mean, we pay attention to them. It's like
2: Mark says, they beat a name that I know. Beating <laughs> like, each other don't help me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're both young, why are we? Why are they matching up with each other? You know. You can't. UFC can't just put another guy named Magomed on the card and me be like, oh Magomed, he's good. I know the name is Magomed Sharipov now. All right. I need the whole thing. Anyway, um, we're talking about the fights from this past weekend, the few that mattered coming from the point of view of three people who were watching basketball for most of the card and one person who actually took the time to watch it. um, And a real crooked judging system, which we got that streak going um, in MMA. Um, but sh- let's just get into it. We ran it back, brother, for no reason at all. Jan Blachowicz, or I'm sorry, let's say the guy's name the way that apparently we're supposed to say it, Blachowicz, which I feel ignores a bunch of letters. Like a lot of letters are getting skipped with blah. Well, that's what I do, Bobby. I skip <laughs> a bunch of letters,
3: New sounds up, and there you go. You got a name.
1: Yeah, blah.
0: Let's try to let's try to be respectful to the man's culture, Bobby. Yeah, on. which One culture?
1: Time. Which culture is that? Where is he from? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, He's Polish. He's Polish. Uh, yeah, of
0: course. He's the Polish laser. If
1: his, nick, if, his, is if his nickname is the Polish Laser, I want no argument from any of you that he gets the next title. Oh, me. no wait. That was
0: the that was the tall dude in the three-point contest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> told you guys. Fu- told you guys. We were watching basketball for most of this. Um, all right. Jan Blahovic, Corey Anderson. They fought a while back. None of you watched it. No one remembered. The highlights they show is Corey Anderson raining down punches on him. But we know that shit went to decision. Like, we just know. It did. And that's what happened. This one. Uh, Marcus. Night-night for Overtime Anderson.
3: Yeah, um, this fight, you know, didn't go terribly deep into the first round, so we didn't get, like, a really good, solid look at either of them. But, you know, I think Corey, kind of feeling himself off that last win, felt like, you know, my hands are heavy. I just beat Johnny Walker, who's, you know, a big stand-up fighter. He was not afraid to go hand uh, stand-up with Jan Bolhovich, um, I, I has been it's been it's been drilled in, Bobby. <laughs> Mark's like I've been, Blo-
1: I've been working on Blockowicz all these years. Mark's like I'm oh, not I know. Changing. I finally
3: just mastered it in this last uh, podcast. I'm not abandoning it now, but yeah, I mean, really, Corey was doing a pretty decent job. You know, he was changing up his attacks. You know, going to the head, using low kicks. Um, and really, it was just a really small mistake. I, I saw a lot of people saying like, "Oh, it was so stupid for Corey Anderson to you know throw a lo- uh, low kick kind of in the pocket." And really, it is. His only mistake here was just throwing a naked leg kick, which he had done throughout the fight previously and really didn't get a lot of counters from uh, Jan. But, you know, this time uh, he had backed up Jan a little bit up against the cage. So, you know, feeling a little bit of the pressure, Jan was ready to blast back. He saw low kick. He took the opportunity to counter off it, which is really, you know, something that all MMA fighters should be looking for. You know, don't just eat low kicks. If you're not going to check it, throw a right hand after that thing because the guy's open for it. Case in point, Corey Anderson, you know, basically got caught with a big right hook um, and slept him pretty much in one punch. There was a follow up because the referee didn't quite get in there in time. Jan had to, you know, put the stamp on a stamp of approval on his victory here. But yeah, it was a huge win. And honestly, last week a lot of our conversation was what What is John Jones going to do
1: next? It, do we really want the winner of this fight to go on? You know, pick that one. One person said that's what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, it looks like a reality, does not it? Well, I mean,
3: yeah, I made the, the case in point that, like, oh, you know, we, we all thought Corey was going to win. I mean, obviously, because they had they had fought previously. Corey had pretty much handled him. Um, he's only seemingly gotten better over time. So uh, I don't think none of us picked uh, Jan to win, right? No, none of us did. Of us. Um, and, and we basically said, like, it, the winner of this fight is the least compelling of the potential matchups that John Jones, you know, has in front of him. And it definitely seems like this win got. I mean, John Jones was there. He obviously seemed pleased, I think mostly because, like, I think him and Corey kind of had some heat behind them. So I think he was happy just to see Corey get slept. But it, John Jones seems more than happy to take this fight, which, I mean, good on him for, you know, maintaining and, you know, continuing to defend this light heavyweight belt. But I think he's doing himself a disservice because he has not really had a dance partner with the name to really get, I think, the general populace excited. Jan Blockowitz is not going to do that. Um, like we kind of, Bobby, like you mentioned before, no one watched this fight. No one is really going to, they're going to see John Jones verse name. And that's what John Jones has been fighting his last three or four fights of like Diago Santos. People don't really know who you know, he was. You, you know what happened,
1: Stewart. man? Do you know honestly? Because like I didn't, cons- when I said that I thought this was going to be the fight, part of me was just kind of being a troll. But the other part of me was just like thinking honestly, like, hey, man, John Jones may not want to fight that other guy again immediately. Reyes, I mean, I'll just give the guy a name. I didn't consider John Jones being in the front row and the crowd getting all hyped up more so than they did about the actual fight, like about John Jones standing up and <laughs> waving them on, and the crowd chanting Jones and all that crap. I didn't think about that option. And it, have, now, Bob, let's both footage, remember
0: man. this fight was in New Mexico. That
1: doesn't matter when you show the commercial. That when you have the footage of John Jones waving at him and the guys pointing at him. That's all you need. I mean, Joe Rogan will yell three times and there's a commercial. Like, that's it. That's how of effort they put into these anyway. I'm like, I mean, I, again, this is my third favorite option here. Like, we said it last week. I want to see him fight at heavyweight or I want to see, you know, I, or the Reyes fight. But when they book this thing or it happens, I'm not going to be shocked. I mean, Steph, what'd you think? I know you turned on literally as my man went unconscious. But overall, what do you think we get out of this now? Now that we got a knockout finish for. The other number one contender. You're muted. Yeah. Uh, I'm basically sorry.
2: Uh, I'm basically where I am, where I was last week. Because um, last week I said the outcome of this match did not matter. It did not matter how either of them won. No one watched this. Yes, everything you said about you, they can make a commercial. No one saw any of that. No one, no one, no one cares. Does the commercial really sell people? It's the heat, it's the media tour. That's what sells people. Like, the commercials are notoriously bad. You know, we can count on one hand the number of ad packages we thought were good. So, like, I don't think m- being able to make an ad package doesn't mean anything. Let me the Reyes site is the one everyone remembers. It's the one that people cried bad decision, cried robbery. And those people are wrong, but those with the articles, those are the ones people were talking about. step on um, real
1: quickly. Let me ask you this. We said no one saw this one, which I'm sure no one did. We don't know how many people watched this pay-per-view, but in a month, where a heavyweight boxing fight is also on the docket where in theory there are crossover fans and maybe some people I mean I don't even know what I'm asking you at this point do you think the fact that I guess the fact that there's a heavyweight title fight are, is going to hurt Dominic Reyes' chances of getting a rematch that fewer people watch this you think because they were saving money for Wilder and Fury <sighs>
2: I I think the fans, I I don't think there's that much crossover. If there is, they watched both. That's not the one they skipped. The Jones title fight's not. If they they care enough to pay money, that's not the one they skipped. Um, Fair. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think it'll make too much of a difference.
1: Mike, how many uh, are you? Mike, how much are you paying for the Wilder Fury fight? Is it $0 or $0.00 and 0 cents?
0: Well, I guess it depends. Uh, if I can find, like, two friends to go watch it with, we'll actually pay for it. But if not, I'm not going to watch it because there's no way I would ever illegally stream this, Bobby.
1: $80, by the way. Guys, $80. And uh, I, by the way, the price range for MMA is, is kind of hilarious because this is what you got. You got a $60 pay-per-view behind a $5 paywall on one side. Then you have $20 a month The Zone happening. Then you got just the UFC $5 cards, and then you have whatever you pay for cable, which like people act like those are free. When you pay for cable, ESPN is the most expensive part of your cable package, just letting you know. It is the most expensive cable channel five times over. Second most is ESPN2. I think
0: it's, I think it's about $5, Yeah, the, the ESPN. Yeah.
1: Then on the other end is one one championship, which is just free on their app, and nobody's watching. 'Cause none of us are waking up at three AM to watch cage fighting anymore. We don't have it in us. Um sixty-five dollar range. Boxing on the other hand, you want to watch this thing? Give us 100 dollars that, that's, that's what what At,
0: at least at least with boxing, at least with boxing, you know you're just paying for one fight, you know. I, I mean, mean, I'm starting to realize that would never make you money.
1: I mean, what I tell you guys earlier today that uh somehow I mean Mark, this seems like the worst idea ever. That Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov is the is the pay per view with no second title fight. What are we doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm
3: There's a lot of hyperbole, Bobby Stone, around. Everything's the worst ever. I don't, it's not a great idea. Um, I think a good idea, a good backup is you know have Gaethje on that card as a little backup if one of those guys gets hurt. Um, I think in a, have,
1: dude, in a world where there's so many pay per views with two title fights, we just had one. Like that one does that one with the most. Snake bitten fight in history doesn't have a second title fight.
3: I mean, one. I don't think it needs it, right? I I'd, I'd rather see two title fights on where the main event title is kind of weak, and I'm like not interested, right? Like if it's a if it's a, a Henry Cejudo, I might need another one on there just to just to get me through the door. Um, I don't need that with Tony Ferguson and Habib. i if the fight happens and that that's really the only thing you're really worried about, Bobby, is just like they're not going to fight, right? Which is a completely valid concern to have. I think the card, if it maintains, is I'm happily giving that money just for that fight. Like you're talking about with the Wilder fight, like oh, people just pay for one fight. I'll gladly give UFC seventy dollars just to watch that one fight in an empty arena, like one C is going to do. I really don't care. I just want to see those those two fight in a cage. That is worth the price of admission for me. I understand what you're saying is that there's a high probability that fight's going to fall through. I don't want it, the paper.
1: I don't want the card to get canceled. That's all I'm getting at. Basically. I don't either. But I mean I don't I, I think
3: yeah, I I mean your your main your main worry, I mean correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're not gonna fight, that they'll both get injured in some way and not be able to to get another rebound fight or something, and then it's just gonna be the main event would be Rose and uh Aguilar and no, Jessica and Drage, and that's not good enough for uh U uh, UFC pay per view, and hence they they cancel the card. I think that would be Really crappy. And if that's the turn of events, then I think we can come back to this conversation and be like, well, Bobby was right. Mark was right. No, wrong.
1: no, I mean I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm just saying I think it's weird. I mean, I get it. They yeah. trying to say I mean, somebody. I don't
3: know how things are lining up. I think they could have potentially put on I mean, another. It, title it, fight, It's but
1: it's, it's a New York card where they take more money from the gate and they pay more in taxes. And I get it. Maybe they didn't want to put as much money into
3: it. I just it think, think they're work. thinking like this card is loaded up enough. There's going to be weaker pay per view cards we're going to try to pass on you guys that are going to be a little weaker. And those ones are probably going to need two title fights to, to get you through the door. This one doesn't really need that if the fight falls. By through. the
1: way, yeah, it will now that I'm looking at it real quickly, Stefan in the. Um, Unnecessary weight change department. I'm looking here at Ben Rothwell versus John Volante at heavyweight. Seems like John Volante is going to bed that night in the cage. I mean, I'd like to believe that, but
2: Ben Rothwell's had some really inconsistent fights. We've seen him not throw strikes, and we've seen him need like eight nut shots to a guy who should have tapped out before he was able to get the KO. Maybe John Volante gets beat to shit, but Ben Rothwell's not. Else, He's not we, really firing these days. We
1: got Sarah Marais versus Sajara Eubank. Sarah Marais still being in the UFC is just a just a can do attitude, it's man. It's <laughs> just a can do attitude. Um, all right, I, um, I feel Mike, like I've
0: never seen her win before.
1: We were in the building. I feel like aren't. I've
0: never seen Sarah Marais win.
1: I was <laughs> just thinking, who's that girl who
2: like was the metalhead who was just the? Mo- I thought she was the most exhausted fighter in the history of MMA until Mark showed me, in fact, the most exhausted fighter in the history of MMA. But, uh, yeah, that's the only reason Marais won that fight.
1: That was the one, also, we went to one. That was the one with Dufresne, where Dufresne showed up eight pounds over. And I think Mark just kept making the Dufresne joke from, uh, what's it called? Uh, Mitch. Hepburn. Mitch, yeah, from Mitch. Yeah. And then it we had to, for
3: the Dufresnes. She was there. She had everyone's meal. <laughs> and then that's
1: when we went to the Frankie Edgar after party that night at Burger Bar. It's good times. Um, all right, back Perfect. to this card that we were talking about 20 minutes ago. Mike. Diego Sanchez, wow! <laughs> what a fight, Diego Sanchez and Michelle Pereira, huh, man? But Michelle Pereira looked two weight classes bigger than Diego, and Diego's a like Diego's big. I mean, maybe not necessarily big for light for welterweight, but Diego's not a small man.
0: <laughs> this fight, this fight, upset me in so many different ways, mainly because through the first, you know, what
1: two and a fifth, half rounds. Like,
0: <laughs> the first, like, two and a half rounds, honestly, my prediction for this fight was coming to fruition. Both of them. In that, one, he was going to win by continuing to do his stupid flippy shit, but he had honed it to a point where, like, you know, it was like a fine-tooth, you know, scalpel. And I can't remember what was the other thing I said because we had to record that twice last week. But (laughs) either way... I was thinking, I am going to be right. He is still an idiot, but he has refined his idiocracy to a point that he can at least beat Diego Sanchez and do some flippy shit. Then and again, what does
1: this Me on the other side do? saying Diego's going to find a way through some fuckery. And that fuckery was Diego getting an illegal knee <laughs> while he was down. And they're saying, illegal, Diego, can you fight? He's like, no, nah, man, I can't see. Which, hey, Mark, can't blame the man, right? It-
0: <laughs> which he followed up that with. That was an illegal shot, though, right? <laughs> and the
1: ref, and the
0: ref is trying everything possible to not say, "Yeah, that was an illegal shot," because you can tell Diego just wanted to hear, "Yeah, that was an illegal shot," then say, "Yeah, I can't continue. Give me the fucking win." Diego you, got baby. the
1: fuck out of dodge there, Mark. Diego, you can't blame the man. He was down every minute of that fight. He's like, "I am gonna win here." Fuck this. Yeah,
3: no, and a a lot of the conversation, you know, after the fact, I mean, I think a lot of takeaways are one, I I honestly do think like Diego, if he if he so choose, he could have continued to fight. I don't think the 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 illegal knee was so bad that he couldn't. But he really chose he used his head instead of his heart, which is weird, because I think 10 years ago. Diego Sanchez would not have just said, like, oh, no, I can't continue. Because obviously, but, you know, he's down in the fight. He was not, there was really no conceivable way he was going to win this fight outside of this window, this opportunity that came, and he took it. And we've seen other fighters in a similar situation not do what Diego did. And it's not like it turns out well for them for the most part. I mean, a lot of people are looking to the Anthony Smith, John Jones fight where he also got hit with a legal knee late in the fight. And potentially he could have. I guess Bob, he he would have won a fight. I don't think he won the belt off a of DQ, I right? think it
1: depends if you think it's intentional or – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it. what the MMA... I thought you were going to bring up the one where, like, the referee told the guy, oh, the fight's – all you're, the round's almost over. Like, who was that? Like it was, like, a, a couple months ago where Tan Dan told the guy, like, oh, the round's almost over. Like, yeah, what was I, the mean, the
0: other, so there, I mean, was so the other – so I mean, there's many kind of got him in the nuts, like, four times, right? Yeah. And, I mean, there's
3: there's been a lot of cases where – and, and the situation could be much more severe for the, the fighter that got, you know, an illegal strike. You know, they could be seriously, much more damaged than Diego was in this particular case. And a lot of times they'll still continue to fight, right? Because we have this stigma or it's what the fans want. It's what the uh, managers want. It's what the, you know, probably not, not what the corner wants or even what the fighter wants. But there's a lot of pressure to, if you're able to continue to fight, to continue to fight. And I think obviously Diego was just put in a situation where it's like, I could get the easy W this way. Or I can continue and get law and get the loss and uh you know potentially get injured more. And he he did, I think, the smart move and he took the illegal knee and he got the W. And you know, I'm not going to criticize him for it. If I was in the same shoes, absolutely would have made the same decision. Um, but it was I think it it was humorous how it played out because obviously at at you can tell the 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 wheels were spinning in his head like that was an illegal shot, right? And the referee's like, Yeah, and he's like Okay, and I think he asked, can I talk to my corner? He's like, no, I can't talk to your corner. He's like, okay, and it was like, well, if I can't continue, like, what happens? And and I, I think it was uh, Herzog was the referee, I think. I don't know if you remember Bobby, but uh, he basically You're said, not right. well, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't tell Diego, like, yeah, it was illegal. You're going to get the W if you can't continue to fight. He basically said, I, I got to talk to the commission, and they'll, you know, figure out what the course of action is, which was the absolute right thing to say to the fighter, um, but he went with that course. He got the W. You know, caps off to the guy. I think a lot of the conversation is also just like, you know, Diego put his time in, you know. I don't think a lot of people are like, oh, we needed you to go out there and show the warrior spirit because he's done that in spades throughout his career. So getting a needed win here, I think, was a smart thing to do. Man, he and, was
1: getting his ass whooped. And
3: and what I will also point a light to, because I think this is also kind of part of the conversation, um, there was a lot of heat from the commentary booth about his corner and their training mechanism or, or their training um I guess speech, they had some like code they were talking in between rounds. They told him
1: he won the first round.
3: And yeah, and I think they, they also mentioned that, which I don't think was true either. But I have to say, uh, Trevor Wickman, right, was he does their kind of coach analysis. He gives you kind of the high level. Oh, let's go. I mean, and DC loves, let's go to the coach. Coach, what do you got? Well, what's a breakdown you got? And I don't think, I think his comments were coming from a place of concern and love, but he did just seem like a uh, scorned lover, right? Where it was like, he's not training with me anymore, so, and I'm just going to... I mean, and look, I don't think his criticism was completely unsound, but I just think it's like, when this is a former person that you trained under, it. I don't think it looks as great when you kind of just like, man, this is really sad what they're doing. It's like, you know, Dago's doing his own thing. He's a weird cat. It is very what? weird. He has one corner man. It's not like it has really evolved his game to a new level, but sometimes when you're a fighter, if you're in a situation that you're not comfortable in, and maybe that's what he was at with Winkle John, you need to get out and change things up. And look at Diego made a change. And I think a lot of people will say like, well, it hasn't really benefited him. I'll be one of them. It doesn't, his, his fight game has not increased or gotten any better since he made the change. But if he's more happier to train and fight with this one dude in his backyard, and they do, I don't know, burpees or whatever the hell they do for training. I don't know. I don't care. That's his decision. I don't really think it's a very professional look to kind of like,
1: throw them under
3: the bus necessarily especially when he used to be a former pupil that left it kind of to me it just been like i I don't disagree with what you're saying but like i would be a little more civil about it when i'm in Well, i think also
1: you know what i think didn't help is that i don't think that everybody has the full information about the level of um shyster this corner man is this coach is Because I don't think everybody's dealing with the same level of information, so it made it look worse than it was. I mean, it wasn't great. He was—they were shredding his coach. Right now, I'm reading an article about Diego saying like, "Oh, they're bullies," and it's a smear campaign against my coach. Which you gotta like take a step back and think like nobody cares if anybody's bringing this up. It's because it's not like there's like a grand conspiracy to keep your weirdo coach out. But I think it was a bad look, as you put it, Marcus. But. I don't think it was I think it was made worse by the fact that not, not everybody watching this and a lot of people are just turning ESPN plus on. Then again, nobody's watching this on accident. It's it's ESPN plus card, but people aren't dealing with the same level of information about the weird ass coach Diego has hired. And I think that would have helped what Whitman was saying. And Whitman maybe should have kept it more like down the line. But um he was getting trashed by everybody. This guy. Um all around that. Joe Rogan wasn't even calling this, but he was, he's
3: that been, that was funny because they, they call out Joe Rogan for like bullying him. And it was like,
1: <laughs> he wasn't in the booth. He probably would have said the yeah, similar yeah. things, but he's just some schmuck, honestly. Um, and honestly, by the way, uh, Hey man, Diego's been fighting for 20 years. And if he somehow convinced himself, this guy's going to make it. So he's not to fight for another 20 years props, but the results have not been there. So maybe they don't book him against giants either. I mean, I know this is New Mexico. You guys you're trying to sell some tickets cuz Diego's on the card, but give him some I don't know what this is a gift, say. I I don't think Diego Sanchez should be fighting in the UFC at all. That's beyond the point though of this thing. Um Marcus, you want to say anything about Landa Van getting some home cooking before we just call her day on this card? Uh sure. I mean, it, it it was a it was a decent fight. I think on paper,
3: we were all really excited for this one. It, it really had, you know, a lot of the makings for fireworks, and it just kind of it didn't I don't think it's super delivered. You know, they were both into it, but Yancey was he was coming forward. I mean, he just kind of does the Diaz thing. Like when they're not looking good, they're moving forward, they're throwing strikes, but it's just like you're not trapping the dude. You're letting him escape out the side, you're letting him dictate a lot of this fight. You're not really controlling the action in there. And I think Yancey did better in the second. I think he definitely won the third. Um, and that's why a lot of these 30, 27s were a little bit like, I don't know, Yancey definitely won that last round. It's a little, um, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, L- Lando, he just kind of gave a shit a little bit more than Yancey did, and that's good enough to get the W. Um, the other the other fights, um, there was that other illegal knee from uh, was named Brock Weaver, and the only reason why I bring it up, besides you know it being weird that there was two illegal knees uh, the down fighters in this card, I also like to mention, like, I'm still totally for having knees everywhere, and this doesn't become an issue, and the fights become so much more interesting and dynamic. Um, but really, I. Not hearing much about this kid, I was impressed with his charisma. I do think potentially if he can get some high-profile wins and look good in the cage, I, I think he potentially has the inklings of a star in the making. Um, he is a he is a Native American from a tribe, and I think that's kind of an interesting hook. And really, like without even hearing a lot of interviews with him, he just he saw oh, his
1: walkout. That was interesting.
3: He, he radiates like this certain positive energy around him, and I was like, you know what? I, I think this guy potentially has you know when they, when they say we're stars like they have like an it factor they they can kind of captivate an audience or they can captivate a camera um and he kind of has that obviously he needs to get wins here he his fight he was basically stuck to the ground for the majority of it and when he started getting back up he got illegally knee, and and that knee was bad that one was one where he in right when he got hit with that illegal knee the referee ran right in pushed this other guy off to him and waved off the fight he was like this fight is over you lost because you threw a legal knee." There was really none of this, like, take time to recover. Like, he got he got knocked unconscious for a second. So um, I think the referee did a great job there. Um, very weird circumstances. But I think uh, a potential uh, star in the making, someone to look out for. And I will say, um, watching Ray Borg, I was super impressed with his chain wrestling. Um that's something that I haven't really paid super close attention to with Ray Borg, but his wrestling was very impressive. Him missing weight was super unimpressive, and is something he's done consistently that he really needs to work on. So, less time, I guess, training, uh, drilling takedowns. He got that down, um, and then also spend a little less time, you know, at the grill and maybe you know get some veggies in there and do some laps, which is complete bullshit. Like I'm not saying this dude didn't make weight because he had a steak and he's not trying, but Not making weight as often as he has is a serious issue that he needs to make changes in his training regimen to fix.
1: Um, All right. We're going to call this car to put this to bed. But I forgot the one thing that made me laugh was Diego was walking around the cage before the fight looking real weird, standing upright. And someone on Twitter wrote, Diego is walking around like he's doing a rooster impression. Because his hands were on his hips and it was a real uh, I was oh, waiting they for called in the booth, he's peacocking. He literally oh, yeah. was. Yeah, it was the weirdest goddamn thing, man. That it might was... be what him
3: and his trainer are doing is oh, like sh- practice his peacock baby. You're gonna scare him
1: before he even start. Um all right. Um this card this weekend. Stefan. That's the worst one on paper ever. Just back me up here. I can't I'm... dispute
2: it. I can not have I cannot provide evidence to dispute your claim you know you can't just say someone is wrong people out there if you're gonna say someone's wrong you gotta then present them with what the uh, correct information is i ain't got it bobby's right this is the worst thing i've ever heard uh, anyway that's where we we're gonna pick a fight i'm like no we're not picking.
1: yeah because we're bad at picking fights this, if anybody's been paying attention
2: card is bad <laughs> i
3: i will take the challenge and this next week i will dig through cars and find a worse one on paper undisputed because you know what i'm gonna get you on bobby you know what there's a lot of in this card? Right. Wikipedia pages, sounds- motherfucker. <laughs> there's a lot of people Wikipedia pages. And I for sure know I've seen some cards where there was a hell of a lot less. Honestly, <laughs> like, like, there's like guides on but here. here like, but a lot.
1: Here's
0: the thing, though. Here's the thing. It's really hard looking back with 2020 Vision Mark, you know, on previous uh, cards where it's like, oh, yeah, going into the card, you can honestly yeah, say, as a problem, wow, like this goal- is one of the worst ever.
1: Because for all we know, this is going to be a banger with 12 finishes. There
0: were some, I- some cards in China that I'm
3: like, I'm sure were worse than this. There was a lot of names that I'd never seen before. Yeah, But then will- they said
1: but then they sent Michael Bisping to knock out Kung Lee at the main event. You're like, okay.
3: I know but that. I will say there are some good things. We got Angela Hill here. We got Tyson Nay. How
1: about, is Angela Hill, this only won Angela Hill? Because she fights on every
3: other She card. fights a lot. She won her last <laughs> fight, and I still didn't see that one. I probably won't see this one either, but she's on the card. Like you mentioned, I don't hey. even like Jake Matthews. I like the guy, the other guy that you mentioned is that that weird Viking The Viking, guys. I like both of them. He's I not like... bad. Now, now, Bobby, while well, I will agree with you, this top part of the card is actually significantly worse than the bottom. <laughs> I like the bottom a lot more. But you still have a decent main event. And like you said, you have Carolina, which, I mean, really doesn't do anything for me. You got some heavy, heavyweights here. The big boys get a little bit of a bump. And then there's some garbage. I mean, look, at there's, there's <laughs> <undisputed> <laughs> some garbage here. But to come out and say worst card, definitely. Mark, I would you like you to say, I would like you to say, men.
1: I would like you to say the name of the woman that Angela Hill's fighting. Yawn. See, starts with an X, so I'm
3: screwed.
1: No, not who, uh, who Angela's fighting.
3: Oh, Angela. Oh, yeah uh luma look boon me look me that's a good
1: name it spells it out look boon me that was just worth it for my entertainment <laughs> at that point um wow when you go to wikipedia the name she's born with not even close to what she's going by okay oh
3: thank god it's it's <laughs> this is easier right she didn't <laughs>
1: yeah. uh four and one she got a gold medal in muay thai at the asian beach games
0: I was
1: about to say is up medals. Asian beach games and a gold medal at the IFMA World Muay Thai Championships, that one was in Cancun this girl went on vacation and kicked some people in the head twice, that's what it sounds like to me um, yeah, honestly, yeah this is not good um, and I feel as much as I like Jake Matthews I miss his fights all the time didn't they let him fight in the US one time Uh, like wasn't that part wasn't that what i said like he's in the u.s now nope they never let him fight the u.s they're never they're never letting jake matthews get to this country guys all right they let him fight kevin lee four years ago in vegas and since then they shipped his ass overseas at least
0: uh, at least he never has to deal with jet lag
1: real talk This, this is where this guy's ufc fights have been New Zealand, Australia, 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 Vegas, Australia, 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 Singapore, Australia, Australia, and this one in Australia.
2: Is this an Australia? Say, this is an Australia card. Or,
1: or, I, it sounds like or, or New Zealand. One, I don't know. It's on. It's on. It's Sunday there. Saturday. Yeah, it's over there. Jake Matthews was like 19 when he showed up, and I look at his age. He's only 25 still. For the love of God, man, it's 15 and four. Let's get him over to the states. <laughs> Let's give him a chance. Um, yeah, this isn't, I mean, I think the main event's awesome. Just putting that out there. Like if they tell me after, like if I miss this, which is a real possibility, but if they tell me Paul Felder and, and, uh, Dan Hooker went to a five round war, Mike, I mean, I buy it.
0: Just to make sure at what time is this fight? Cause I know it's in the other You'll be side asleep of the world. The, so. It's
1: a six fight main card. It starts at 7 PM Pacific time. You'll be asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how this works. They should start all these cards at five PM. Um. Anyway, um. I. Are we done talking about fighting? Honest question. Did anything else happen of note?
2: We've already talked more about it than I expected.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh. I'm just making sure there was no MMA news as why well, while uh, that broke while we were on here um
0: but we could we could uh i will briefly mention that colby covington over the last two weeks has come up with every excuse in the book to talk about how he lost that
1: fight he doesn't matter he doesn't matter until he takes a fight
2: he matters to mike okay mike was paying attention mike was listening mike was reading all the articles with his name he matters to mike bobby Mike, go ahead
0: all right Bob, you see, what you don't understand about us Colby kids is that we always have our our ear to the ground for Colby news, all right?
1: Okay. Do you want to tell us what the new excuse was, or we just got to sit here and wonder?
0: Oh, um, I'm sorry about that. I just realized I had not said it. Um, He said today that his new excuse is food poisoning. Great. Food poisoning.
1: Wonderful. That's not even a good one. People using that one for years. Rampage used that. Rampage used that excuse back when he lost to Sakuraba, for the love of God. It wasn't even regular food poisoning. It was someone poisoned his food rather than just regular food poisoning. <laughs>
2: uh, Someone I like announced um, her next fight just, just... is uh, Michelle Watterson's going to fight Cookie Monster. And that is someone who is her size. I
0: actually like don't... that fight.
2: Do you think she's going to win?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna pick her, but if she loses a unanimous decision, I will not be surprised. By the way, I totally missed the news that Rose and Andraj are running it back, though. I did not know that was happening until today. when We talked about it, Mark. Like when they said they we're gonna, were gonna fight each other, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take the girl who got knocked out by Powerbomb last time. Oh yeah, I totally forgot she lost to her for the belt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking Rose. Honestly, like, right now, everybody just to I me, mean, this isn't locking you in. Rose or Andraj?
3: Rose. I mean, yeah, I think I want to go with Rose, but she did get slammed, knocked out. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, she was winning every second of that fight until she was unconscious, which is a weird way of putting it, huh, Again,
2: I did pick Corey Anderson last week, and that backfired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since then, we've seen Andraj got starched by Way Lee. It... It's hard to see. She's not really making them strides, you know. It's 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 like Diego Sanchez. The conditions were just that perfect storm to find this small window of opportunity to win. And they did it, but to pick that again would be
0: a foolish bit. By the yeah. way, I really, Wait, I really hold, hope hold we... up now, hold up now. I, I think we're shitting on Andraja Bits no, he's like, just talking about it wasn't the she was circum... just lucky like six fights in a row. She was murdering women.
2: But no, the opponent that she is fighting she was getting absolutely wrecked by, and all those other opponents are completely irrelevant to her matchup with Rose.
1: Yes, that's what I think Stefan is saying. Um, I was going to say something before Mike got all defensive about Jessica Andrade. Oh, yeah. I really hope we get uh, Joanna versus uh, Whaley. I think that's a really good co-main event with title fight. That's the type of title fight in the co-main event. I'm all on board with Marcus. Just provide. It's a good matchup. Should be good on paper. Hell, Whaley, my smoker, but yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things really in the air right now book,
3: that are kind of making that questionable, what? right? Which she has to move camps a bunch. Yeah. Girl, I just girl, hope, hope it all comes.
1: Sure. I hope she's okay. And it all works out. And that's the co-main event to Izzy and Yoel. Um, which my little brother was just like, ah, oh, ah, what kind of nonsense is this? Yoel has no chance. And I'm like, Nikki, we feel that a lot in many of Yoel's fights. And then all of a sudden, it's halfway through the third round and he's winging haymakers and the other guy's unconscious and he's kissing them and dancing. It's just, it happens. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to knock out the wrestling talk or whatever. I like talking about wrestling. Y'all can deal. Um, NXT TakeOver. Oh shit, where were they? Portland, at the Moda Center, Rip City, the former Rose Garden. I'm not sure if it's the same building. Um, It's the same building. Same building. Um, I like when they get into buildings, they just change them, give them some corporate name, somehow go from a garden to a center, you know, just changing the structure. It's like when the Arco Arena became the sleep train pavilion. I'm like, you're not a pavilion, still an arena. Anyway, um, it was, I mean, look, Stefan, we've talked about a lot. All the takeovers are good. But at a certain point, I get kind of tired. Um I'm gonna say, man.
2: I Bob, I don't think don't go with that. That's not your take. That was my take. Your take was this was the best NXT over. And then I kind of ran the your That was halfway that was halfway through it. it for you.
1: No, that was halfway through it. Then around the main event, I'm like, man, this is like thirty minutes. Um It's uh they need a let up match, as Bruce Bruce Pritchard would say. We call that a nacho fight when we talk about it on this podcast, which is like everybody get up and go take a piss. All right? <laughs> we'll all come back.
3: Well, um, when I say nacho fight, it means go
1: piss. <laughs> i
2: am just um, saying, Bob, you're getting your kind of things mixed up there. So, so, um, the nacho fight is pretty self-explanatory, I thought.
1: Just going through it real quickly, um, I thought Diga Dijakovic and Heath Lee had about the ninth good match they've had between each other which, I mean, Mark's probably seen two of them at this point. He's barely watching wrestling. It's the same two dudes. Just Keith, Rowe, Keith Lee is 12 kinds of over. Crowd fucking loves him. It's great. Um, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox was fine. Though, This they have this problem where they try to put the women wrestlers through tables, and they a lot of, some of them weigh about 105 pounds, on, And you know what happens sometimes when they hit the table.
2: Uh, I... Kind of fast-forwarded through that one, but I saw one where Tegan's uh, head just hits the table. Yep. And the table doesn't even move. Like, yep. it's just, She just eats it on the back of the head, and I was like, that's that's probably a concussion.
1: Yeah, that was the one when I told Mike, I'm like, I'm watching a wrestling match between two women, and between them they have three torn ACLs. I'm like, God, wrestling's a rough sport, rough job, man. Um, Finn Balor and uh, Johnny Gargano had the best match of the night. Finn Balor has not had a match this good since... I don't know the first run through NXT when him and Shinsuke had a really good time, and him and Joe were having good matches, and uh, it was it wasn't like Johnny Gargano gets a lot of criticism for just being a kick out at finisher machine. His matches turns out that's Adam Cole's matches, which was happening in the main event. But uh, Balor and Gargano, if you're gonna watch one match, was the um best part of this show. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was fine. Um. Matt Riddle was maybe the, one, maybe the biggest star on the card. People of Portland love Matt Riddle, which I guess isn't a total shock. Um, but he was, uh, he was really good, him and Pete Dunn together. And Adam Cole and Champo was a good match, but like the last five minutes, I was just like, we're doing everything, huh? Run in, referee bump, kicking out of finishers, dudes going through tables, a uh, uh, turn. We're doing all, all six of these in one match. That's a lot, um but it was a really good show it was uh but if you're gonna watch any of it, you watch uh Finn Balor versus Johnny gargano that was uh one of my favorite matches I've seen in a very long time i like I like Finn Balor as a dick, really like heel Finn Balor uh he just does a lot of finger guns, a lot of finger guns that's how you know he's a bad guy um that's what I watched though uh Mike you gonna talk about dunk contest?
0: I am not because I feel that Aaron Gordon got robbed. You jump over a dude who's seven feet six inches tall. You should just get a, you know, tens across the board. So I will not talk about that. And besides, I like the three point contest better. Um, I'm gonna throw a curveball to you guys. Um, what I like is this little band that someone on this podcast actually has two degrees of separation with. And that. That's Weezer. Um somehow on you know, uh isn't a isn't someone on this podcast sister uh, you know, have a song name after them? Yeah, my sister used to date Rivers back in the day. There you go. Two degrees of separation. I knew I was right. Um, but somehow I got I stumbled onto their teal album that came out last year. It's just a bunch of uh covers and uh I really enjoyed it. So this week, it's very simply Weezer.
1: I think Africa, which is the one people want them to do, is still my favorite one on that album. What do you think?
0: I i am always impartial to take on me and uh, everybody wants to rule the world. So I love those two
1: songs. I mean, we got Weird Al on the te- teal album, by the way, the color is way too close to the blue album. I know Weezer always just has different colors, but like, let's let's get a little different from like the ones we already have. Um, they they no scrubs. One was pretty crappy on that album. Just by the by, I did not like no scrubs. Um, they
0: did not do the left eye part. Which why do people leave that part out? Are because left local?
1: Rivers cannot rap not well. Um, that's all you got this week. You going with you going? You talking about Weezer?
0: that's what i'm going with bobby
1: right on Stefan, what do you got this week this is gonna be a great we're gonna have a 50 minute podcast Stephon, what do you um, got? I have a couple
2: things um one of them is i want to emphasize something i previously mentioned um but i'm gonna finish with that um mike's passed on the uh dunk contest um but for me the main event of the nba all-star weekend was for the first time in like a decade the all-star game itself um that was a fantastic all-star game the uh, NBA decided to tinker with the rules and change like how the they were going to do the whole scoring system and how the quarters were going to work. Um, and it wasn't that long ago I was mentioning that how uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, their basketball league, it just has its own set of rules. Um, it's just like a game show where in the last two minutes, now points are worth more. If you miss a free throw, you lose a point. I'm like, yeah, this is how you spice up a sport. is <laughs> You just change what the scoring system is um, and the NBA didn't go that far with it, but um, they made it so that each quarter was kind of its own game. At the end of the first quarter, whichever team was leading, that won such-and-such such money for uh, one team's charity that they were playing for. Second quarter, another charity. Third quarter, another charity. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, they did a running total of the points, and in honor of Kobe Bryant, they added 24. So the total this year ended up being first to 157 wins the game. Um and, you know, they did so many things to honor Kobe during this from halftime ceremonies, pregame ceremonies. One team wore, everyone wore 24 in honor of Kobe. Um, the other team, everyone wore number two in honor of Gianna. But the biggest tribute they did to Kobe is what that fourth quarter brought out and made this such a good game is for the first time in God knows how long, they gave a damn. You saw a real defense. You saw timeouts for plays. You saw people taking charges which never fucking happens in these all-star games. It just becomes a dunk-thon exhibition. Everyone's just having fun. But this is th- that's the real tribute to Kobe. Was I remember one all-star, I'm blanking on who it was, was saying his first all-star game when Kobe was there. And Kobe was at practice, like, putting his arm up on guys playing defense. And they're like, okay, Kobe, if this means that much to you. Because it did. That's what he and Jordan had was, if I'm playing basketball, I'm playing to win. I'm not playing to put on a show. I'm playing to win. And that's what it resulted in. So it was just a really fun game. Um, and the thing I want to hearken back to is, so admittedly, the first time I watched it, my, you know, attention wasn't fully there. Um, and as much as I enjoyed it, I really wasn't paying attention to a lot of things, which is troubling because it's a subtitled movie. Um, but as Mark said, can I watch it while playing the Switch? I was a little locked into a mode of doing that. Um, but I watched Parasite again, and it's not just a good movie. That's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, I haven't bought a movie in a long time. like, Because realistically, once I buy something, I don't really ever come back to it. I'm lucky if I watch it two times while it's in my possession. But Parasite is a movie I'm watching over and over again. Um, It's dark, it's heavy, but it is just so smart. Um, I'm now able to watch all these videos on YouTube that were breaking it down that I kind of skipped because I didn't want spoilers. And they're constantly pointing new things out to me about... Angles, metaphors, and kind of double meanings of scenes and dialogue. And it's just truly, yeah, it absolutely deserved that best picture. Um, Truly just one of my all-time favorite movies now. Uh, I absolutely love it.
0: So I should not watch that movie while playing my Switch.
2: Um, It deserves your attention. Like Watchmen, that was a show that deserved your attention.
1: Uh, I'm Mm. just sad Watchmen's gone all over again. It was unnecessary to bring that up. Stefan, oh, Mike, you met, uh, what, didn't you meet, what's her name from, Atlanta? this is not even close to related, but you met, what's her name from Atlanta today? And by met, I mean, you walked right by her, huh?
0: I don't know what her name is, but I've watched enough Be- of the episodes. Yeah, didn't she play Domino in uh, Deadpool 2? Yeah. It was,
2: and that was Actually, an excellent sequence in that movie. I did not know how they would well, visualize the power of
0: luck but boy did they do it in that movie that was an impressive scene but yeah a bonus stuff i like this week is the fact uh my job is right around fifth ave where a lot of the media stuff is because i had to go to the dentist today i was too cheap to go buy breakfast so i just stopped by my office to uh, you know bogard their their oatmeal so when i left my office and i was walking over to my dentist i see zazzy beats uh walking towards me and I stare right into her soul because I'm not exactly sure if it's her. And I think she probably got a little weirded out. Cause, hey, but I had to make sure it was her. And uh, I was pretty sure. Yeah. Then I texted Bobby right afterwards and I said, uh, the baby mama from Atlanta. I just saw her.
1: Good time. Baby mama from Atlanta. Um, all right, Mark, what do you got this week? Yeah, I got a couple things this week. Uh, not
3: much on the video game front, like I mentioned in the last couple weeks. It's going to be a little bit dry until late, uh, late March, but then April really kicks things off. So look forward to that. Uh, but I did consume some content uh, from the cinema and also comedic realms, and that's going to be kind of my uh, my own curveball, like Mike uh, said so eloquently. Um, I've kind of gotten off of the whole like watching new stand-up comedians because I don't know if you guys remember like back in high school, uh, Comedy Central used to have like Friday night stand-up and they would have a bunch of premium blend and a bunch of half-hour comedy specials and that's kind of where I would consume a lot and see new comedians, Um, but randomly every now and then I'll watch stand-ups on Conan um, and there have been a couple uh, over the last couple weeks I've kind of been had my finger on and really like the stuff they've been posting on YouTube. Uh, The first one I found a couple weeks ago, her name is uh, Rachel Mack um, she is a school teacher she has a very dry sense of humor I'm actually going to put links in our group chat so you guys could see it too because I'm, I'm telling you somebody's funny does not convey why or how they're funny and I can't really do that for you so I'm going to throw some stuff out to you and if you want to get some laughs on uh, I totally recommend it uh, this other comedian is named Alex Edelman uh, and he's I mean I have a certain flair of stand-up that I like which is I like to think that it's smart witty um, and kind of dry, and uh, I've really been enjoying catching up on different sets from Alex Elderman. Uh, the movie I saw this week was last week's big movie, which was uh, Birds of Prey and the Harley Quinn, whatever subtitle they call it now. I can't remember all of it. Um, and all this, just say, I really enjoyed the film. I had a fun time with it. I definitely think while I was watching it, because of some of the editing they do, they do a lot of time jumps. They do flashbacks and flash-forwards. Um, sometimes you're watching a scene it's like I don't really understand why these things are happening and then only to later be explained like oh this is the scene that happened before it. that explains that. So I kind of have a feeling while I was watching the film there are certain scenes that didn't really land there's some things chronologically that I wasn't quite sure like wait did that happen before this. Um, at the end of the day though I can just say that it's just a fun DC movie um, you know don't take it too seriously it doesn't take itself super seriously. Um, and really, the one thing I'd really like to highlight, and I've seen other people talk about it too, um, her the actress's name, and maybe you can help me with this, Bob, uh, Mary Elizabeth, is it Watson or Winston? Winstead. Win- Winstead. Um, she plays Huntress. Ramona. Ramona from uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, and she really steals this movie. That character is really fucking fun, and I felt like... I don't know if they would have given her more screen time, if that would have been better, or because she doesn't get a ton when she is on screen and you kind of get little tidbits of her character um, and some of the different wrinkles of her character is really fun to play around with. Um, within the movie them- themselves, they kind of, you know, as things kind of wrap up, they-, they potentially have a sequel in the making with the Huntress and a couple other characters kind of pairing off and being like a good guy team um, if they so choose to follow that, um, you know, obviously a lot of the discussion around this particular movie is that it's not doing very well in the box office, which I think is kind of a shame. Um, trailers going into it, I thought looked fun. I was interested in seeing the movie. Um, so it is. I, I I get why some people might be a little hesitant, uh, especially because the last movie that the Harley Quinn character was in was Suicide Squad. That was a very poor film. Um, I think this is much better than that, but I still had qualms with it. There are certain th- I think. There's a lot of fight scenes in this movie, and I think, for the most part, they're very well done and fun. I wasn't a huge fan of some of the song selection they picked. I think the last big crescendo fight scene they had, I think, had a much better kind of song. But sometimes they're playing kind of like classic rock songs, and I just don't think... Maybe it's because I I'm, I don't have a big affinity for them. I also felt like they weren't blaring. They weren't like the, the octane wasn't in those scenes with the music kind of, like, pumping and really feeding into the, the choreography super well. Um, but, yeah, I just... Overall, you know, while I was watching, I was kind of, like, nitpicking here and there. But at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what, that was just kind of fun. I, I had a fun time watching that. And honestly, again, like, I, I think uh, Mary Elizabeth as the Huntress is just a really fucking fun character. Um, and I would love to see them explore more of that. I think they, they have a really... Special thing there. I mean, much like with Suicide Squad, you know, you could watch Suicide Squad and kind of think like, well, you know, the Harley Quinn stuff was kind of fun. A lot of the other stuff was garbage, but you know, if you can get one character out of these kind of ensemble movies and have something to work off of, um, I think that's really cool. And I don't know if they're going to do much, you know, potentially because you know, the movie's not doing financially very well um you know i think that might limit some of the opportunities um they give these characters but overall i had a really good time so yeah a couple comedians and you know a fun flick not a bad way to spend a week
1: right on um all right so i guess recommendations this week would be birds of prey um you say rachel mack was the name of the comedian (laughs) Rachel Mack and Alex Edel, Edelman and I'm sending you guys links right now. Um yeah, I just got that. Um and then uh Mike said listen to the teal album. Stefan said you should all probably be watching Paras- watch Parasite. Most importantly, Mike, we got to pour one out for HQ trivia. Something that provided me and you a couple years of entertainment. I mean, you were terrible at it. Um yeah. I was less terrible. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I think my I looked at my lifetime winnings. By the way, they owe me a dollar I'm not getting, it looks like. Um I got like twelve bucks I made <laughs> over the two and a half, three years I played this thing. Shout out to that one time I won six fifty. That was a real big part one of it. twelve <laughs> bucks?
2: I'm one yeah. for one in uh, my uh, experience with this game. That one yeah. time where I served as Bobby's ringer for the, yeah. uh, the Stanley, we won we won, like, yeah, we won. we won
1: like we like what? We win, like thirty cents, twenty cents, something like yeah. that. We like, did something. I'm like, you, you owe me half
2: of that, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, and I want them in nickels.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, Mike. Um, I don't know, man. I I know some useless trivia. Also, the key was to win the sports one. Just guess at the white sports. Sometimes it went well.
2: <laughs> this is not something I like, but since you mentioned a little game, have you seen the uh, commercial for this game show that's coming that I know two of you definitely watch? and I Mark, you're at least hot aware. There's a Hot Ones game show coming. This is a yeah, lot I mean, less interesting when you're giving Hot Ones to random nobody people. Like, I don't care what their reactions the appe- are.
1: No, the entire appeal of that show is that because they have gotten these people to take spicy wings, it is putting them off of, like, their faking being honest I, mean, I
2: don't, yeah, I don't it, be fake it's like an they, alcohol they, or a psychedelic it just kind of opens them up because their senses are kind of overriding all, all, and, all, you
1: know, their, all their media training goes away basically yeah
3: so obviously somebody watched that and got the completely wrong idea of why this is popular and said, I mean look I like
1: that I think, I think the host of the show um, does a really good job when he like he's a great he, interviewer I'm not sure. they yeah. always
3: say so when they're getting lit up with yeah, yeah. And,
1: I, and I'm sure a some of it is like the producers help them with that so I hope this goes well for him and I was oh, he 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 gets hosting?
2: paid.
3: Uh, I yeah. mean,
1: that's that's the
2: one thing that could salvage this, Bobby. Is he asks these no name nobodies, a bunch of really personal, like how the fuck do you know that about me? Oh my god! So, and they're gonna find <laughs> out, like oh yeah,
3: killed someone. It's to be
2: Four some shit 13, like that. Like yeah, had a hit and run when you were you stole your dad's car and uh, they never caught you for that. Like, yeah, I was gonna say we need to hire some PIs. And no, it, that, that's right. not how it
3: works, you guys. He's gonna say like. You know, you look pretty young. I bet you got into some crazy stuff in your teenage years. Like, oh, yeah, I ran over. When did you, lo- you, you lose bum? your virginity? It's, it's going to that, That's a probing question. It's a very innocent question. And then they give you all the juice. He's not going to do detective work and figure out, like, oh, I got the bullet casings of your murder in 97. What do you have to say now with the hot wings in your mouth? It's going to be no. It's going to be a very subtle question. And they're going to give it all up because they're in front of the TV. And it's so hot. And I can't understand it. Oh, yeah, I did kill that bum. Oops.
1: Oops, I killed that bum. That's exactly how I Dad, that's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know you're like, yeah, if I killed that bum. It wasn't and I know what you did last summer situation. That bum was dead <laughs> as fuck. We threw him in the woods, nobody ever saw him ever again. Anyway, give me the next wing. <laughs> Mike is uh not holding it together. Nothing we're saying is that funny, but my man has lost it. <laughs> Perhaps he had a hot wing. Yeah.
0: Um it's never cool to talk about murder, but somehow killing a bum for some reason, just as horrible as it sounds, just kind of funny.
3: Yeah, Every life matters. We're just we're playing around here. We're having some goofs.
1: Yeah,
0: we don't
3: get on homicide, even if it, the person doesn't have any family or a roof over their head. They're still a person. Treat them with respect. God damn it.
2: That's Man, right. Bob. I was I uh, randomly talking to you earlier about that movie where Ice-T is a bum. And then a bunch of white people kidnap him and other bums and then hunt, they try them to hunt
1: him. Isn't that like Midnight Run or something? Great film. There's a lot of movies that are ends with, we're going to hunt people. Yeah, for the dangerous game, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous oh, God. We were talking about, uh, I was last, I was telling Stefan, I'm like, man, I'm. I'm what's it called? Comes out this weekend. Hunters. Are you going to watch it? And Stefan's like, I don't know what that is, but I bet they're hunting the world's most danger, dangerous game, man. And I'm like, Fuck, man, kind of. It's about Nazi hunters, so I guess they are hunting, man. Um, that have you seen anything about that, Mike?
0: Uh, no, hunters? I've heard the I've heard the name before, but I just never realized it's uh, advertising
1: the shit out of it. For a yeah, lot it's, of it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. It's Al Pacino. I don't know who Lo- Logan Lerman. I think was in. He Sup was Superhero Percy movie. Jackson. There we go. He was in that thing. it's him, Al Pacino. Other people. And it's about, it's it's set in like 1977 and it's a bunch of people hunting Nazis in New York City, which I'm, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll give that a shot.
2: Man, Bob, you're just going to find out that this is some alternate sci-fi dimension and you got to go through some portal to fix the timeline. God, I'm, we were all
1: burned so badly by that show, man. Anything to do with Nazis and Amazon, I am mistrusting of now. I need to watch, uh, I keep needing to watch Mrs. Mizell, the whatever Mrs. Mizel show that Mike watches. Marvelous Mrs.
0: nasal. get that shit right, Bob.
1: <sighs> okay, sure. I mean, you watch a lot of that's shows, right. man, so I don't know how much to trust you in this one, but I'm behind, man. I'm apparently three episodes behind on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah. I'm six episodes behind. I'm six Still episodes behind. Barry, like,
2: a
3: lot of
1: things. Dude, I, 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 you know what? Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is it ending this year? Are we done at the oh, end of this? Or are we going to keep going?
3: going? It's going to keep wimpling along.
1: Uh, at a certain point, Sandberg's going to be like, man. This movie career is never going to pay off, huh? Well, Spoiler
3: alert, Bob. I do not like what they do with Halt. Like, they have kind of changed his character in a way I'm not super cool with.
1: Well, okay. Now I'm really getting excited to watch this. That's what I was going to do when this podcast is over. You still should. Oh, uh, yeah. And I got to watch Shit's Creek, which you all should watch. Excellent show. And it's going to end this year, and it's going to be like 78 episodes of comedy. Perfect number. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. We're going to be back next week. We're going to predict who's the next UFC flyweight champion. Where Joseph Benavidez, I think that's next weekend, whatever, let's assume it is, um, is going to take on uh, Davidson Figueroa, someone Mark and I have been hyping up on and off for about five months, and then we're all going to pick against Davidson Figueroa, or at least I am. Uh, because for the love of God, let's get Joseph Benavidez a title, okay? Let's just get him a belt. By the way, Joseph Benavidez is from New Mexico. Why wasn't that the main event of this card?
3: I don't, I don't run the UFC, Bobby. That's I'm my- just
1: saying, why, why isn't Corey Anderson and Jan Blakowicz happening wherever the hell that thing's happening? Huh? I'm just saying. Would have made a lot of sense. New Mexico could have a champion. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Thank you all for listening so much. We really appreciate it. Um. I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Grooms. And that was DJ Mark. See you all next week. Peace out. See ya. Peace.
0: Peace.